0: Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer,
1: educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very excited to introduce to you Marley Major. She is the CEO of The Party Goddess, a nationally acclaimed full-service event planning and catering ceremony. From understated elegance to rockstar fabulous, Major is known for creating the most talked about parties of the year for a client list ranging from top tier, businesses to A-list celebrities such as Snoop Dogg, Sofia Vergara, and Britney Spears. I really, I kind of want to ask you about fangirling over some celebrities, (laughs) but she is also the profit goddess. So Marley also quickly established herself as one of the best resources for small business owners and entrepreneurs out there. She's a top business coach in Los Angeles and the author of But Are You Making Any Money? I also want to ask you about that book. It is a witty, lauded business guide praised by Forbes as a great how-to book for any entrepreneur. Major is the party planning and entrepreneurial expert that people turn to for all things entertaining. Her popular savvy business sense has earned her appearances on various outlets showing shows included Fox and Friends, Fox Business, MSNBC, Extra, The Good Day LA, Bravo E, MTV, HTV, Fox, ABC, CBS, NBC, and The Wedding Channel, and now Hearts Unleashed Podcast. So Marley, thank you for being with us today.
0: Thank you for having me. I was gonna say that sounds like a very rosy bio compared to what <laughs> I've had. So <laughs> I was we, like, we please, please keep
1: reading, so I can manifest <laughs> that
0: <laughs> rosy for her, that very rosy version of all that.
1: Yes, yes. Well, and I imagine you know, I'm for. Uh, we have a lot of listeners all over the world, and so it, people love LA. People love, you know, that lifestyle, and hearing some of those names and hearing some of those channels, like. What is that life like? How is that going over there for you? Well, it's, it's
0: interesting because what that life was like before the pandemic and what it's like now is crazy. You know, and it's, it's interesting. As soon as you say you have listeners all over the world, I'm so excited because it's like the listeners want to know about the lifestyle here in LA. And I'm always like, how fast can I get on a plane? Like, where can I go? Like, I love, 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 love traveling and, and other cultures. It just kind of, it makes me so happy, but So the, the lifestyle, you know, it's like anything else. Everything looks very glamorous from the outside. And I'm not going to say that I don't have a wonderful life. I have a very wonderful life. And, uh, but like everybody else's life, it's been, you know, very up and down. And I have three kids. Um, the pandemic was rough or has been rough. I don't even know if we're like not officially out of it, I guess. And that's been rough on so many levels, right? It's being—it's been rough on the kids, and therefore it's rough on the mom watching the kids go through stuff. It's been rough for business, and I think really this is kind of the perfect podcast to be on because it's about kind of what do I want to unleash now, you know? Mm -hmm. And instead of just looking at okay, we got this done, or okay, the last year and a half was really rough, or whatever. It's like, what's next? And I and I loved one of your podcasts where you were talking about, you know, you have to have space for what's next.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there's a grieving process for that. And, and I think sometimes it's just the grieving process of like the familiar, right? Where you're yes. going, okay, um, yes, I'm in charge. Like, I mean, to a certain extent, it can manifest something new, but like, I don't even know where to start. Like, what does that look like? And so lately what I've been doing is, probably what most people think is the opposite of the glamorous lifestyle, which is I bought um, some acreage in San Ynez, which is north of Santa Barbara, so that I can yeah. build a ranch. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been practicing ranching like in my backyard um, in Pasadena for, I don't know, probably since the beginning of the year. So it's been a solid like nine months of like mucking out the chicken coop and stuff. And I kept thinking I would get sick of it and you know, gardening and being literally so dirty that, you're just like, I think the drain is going to clog with like straw and dirt. <laughs> but it makes me so happy. So I have kind of both extremes going, yes, I have this like amazing life. But at the end of the day, I also just love to, you know, sit in the chicken coop.
1: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I love what you're sharing. And I also, I love that you were tuning into the Universal Law series because it sounds like that law of compensation was kind of like, Oh, I do have to release to make space. It's time to welcome in the news. So I I kind of want to I'll totally interview you about your past, yeah. but I'd love to start with the question is like, what do you want to unleash now with St. St. Inez and what what do you see? Well,
0: I it's interesting because you know how so many times when you like you, you read the golden parachute or whatever, like all those books, but like, you know, what should you do with your future and and all those kind of things? Or you or even if you just read an article like in Glamour magazine so many times it's like, what did you used to like to do as a kid and go back to that. And it was really funny for some reason in the last week or so I'd been thinking, and this is something I'd completely forgotten was that we had a, we had a big backyard growing up and in the backyard there were, we had lots of bamboo that was kind of overgrown and whatever. And and I remember my mom always being like, Oh my God, we got to get that cleared up. But the bamboo is such a pain in the neck because it keeps growing and yada, yada. And I was like, don't clear it out. Like, It's so great. And I remember always like building forts back there and then clearing it out. So it had kind of like this maze and, and like, I pretended I was an Indian and I pretended I was making these certain cakes out of mud and like all this stuff. And I was thinking, and you know, I had ducks and I was always crazy about my animals. And I was thinking, isn't it funny that my happy, I'm not going to say happiest times, but very happy times were spent in my backyard, very much in my head, very much just being outside and just kind of inventing things. And so when I found this place in San Inez, I really wasn't even looking for it. And I thought, this is a space where I really can have it be in my little agricultural laboratory, right? Like I always said, if I went back to get my business, like my um, my master's degree, it would be in like entomology or like something just really weird. And and lately I've been so interested in dirt, like obsessed with dirt and sheep. Like I am I composting love it. everything. I am composting like, how, what if you compost this? What if you compost this with this? Like almost like from a business perspective, not meaning to sell it, but from like, does this combination work better than this? And this is probably one of the first projects where I'm just kind of, if it sounds good, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it, which is so not how I would normally behave. I mean, normally it's like, I have to have a plan. And what's the purpose? And what is the backup plan? And what if, and and I'm telling you, I mean, designing the house and the barn and the all this stuff with the architect. And I was saying to myself, girl, I hope you're gonna have a very good year here because uh, with all this that I'm just designing and manifesting uh, mama needs a lot of money to get that done. But what's interesting is I've had z- really zero fear about it. And yeah. I cannot understand how, like, I keep, yeah. normally I'd be like, Oh my God, what am I doing? You know, once in a while, if I, if I haven't had anything to eat and it's very late, you know, I might go, oh, okay. But it, it, it totally passes. Otherwise I'm just running with it. So I just envision this house is very like clean glass and I'm making it out of shipping containers, which I think is with the green roof. And, you know, I'm going to, and I'm deciding which animals and I'm starting with like two of everything, like kind of Noah's Ark, like two llamas, two this, two that, to see what are my favorites. And I'm doing this whole, like, you know, I'm all about the soil regeneration and there it's kind of sandy and funky. So I have my work cut out for me and I'm, I know basically no one up there. I mean, I'm starting to realize like, oh, this person from high school moved up there. And I'm like, okay, yay. Because it's just so random to me to jump full born to something yet to be so excited and have it be very different.
1: Yeah. I I love it. I love the, well, hearts unleashed, right? The courage of it, the inquiring within yourself, what, what would you rather be up to if money weren't an issue or if you could really get paid to be you, what would you be doing? And, (laughs) and I love the exploration that you're on. And (laughs) I kind of feel like we are getting this like preview or this like sneak peek of something. So you are, you are very much getting, it's going to be the sneak peek of an
0: amazing like ranch that you're in 10 years going to be like, Oh my God, I talked to her when she was building it. Or it's the sneak peek of like the face plant. Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay we needed to unleash a different heart one you know that that heart yeah was was uh, you know, Oh that is so great. I don't I don't know what
1: else to, to tell you, but yes you are you certainly are peeking into something. That's yeah. great. Well, I look forward to a, an episode two, a season follow- up in like two or three seasons like where is she now? Yeah, where are <laughs> they now? Yes and you yeah. can be like, look at how dark my dirt is. I made yes. this. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, and you know, something that was think that I was thinking of is, you know, whether whether or not you turn this into a business venture, you have a proven track record of one successful business, two successful business. Now, it can potentially be three successful business in whatever direction. Right. So, I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about some of your past experiences and um like how did you even end up in the the party planning industry <laughs> or how did you end up in that network and circuit.
0: Well, that's a very long story, but I will keep, try to keep it short. So I got my business degree from Georgetown and I had to do a speech on a class of like what I knew more about than anybody else. Right. And the idea was that this was supposed to be so like something that you were super comfortable with. And so therefore you could focus on how they wanted to deliver, you know, this compelling speech. And I remember freaking out and I went home and I said to my mom, you know, like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Like I, there's nothing at Georgetown. There's nothing I know more about than these people. And they were so smart. And that was kind of always my struggle as I always felt like I was behind. And she said, you just came back from, you know, cooking school. Why don't you do it on French cooking? And I was like, okay. So I mentioned this, I happened to run into my professor and I mentioned this to her. like totally out of the blue. And I'm like, oh, I'm in this class. And this is my topic. And I have an interview with the chef from 1789, and I was like, I'd never thought of the chef from 17. I had never thought of interviewing the chef. I never thought of interviewing any chef. And it completely blurted out of my mouth. And she was like, oh my God, that's my favorite restaurant. That's, and I'm just like, the frick am I going to do? Like, so I go home? I'm in tears, literally. I say to my roommates, I just told my professor this, like, I've lost it. And they were like, no worries. One of my roommates used to work there. She's like, let me see what I can do. They have this new chef. He's from New York. He'll probably be like too new to like know that he can just say no. I was like, whatever. I just need to like see the guy. I love like, that. <laughs> you know? So I go to my interview, which was like in the basement of this very, very fancy restaurant. And I take one look at him and I decide that I need to marry him. And I I'm this. 19 and he is 20 years older than I am. And this kitchen is in this basement of this thing and chefs work a million hours a week. So I'm doing my interview and the whole time I'm trying to figure out how am I going to marry him if I never see him again, you know? So I'm kind of working this whole thing so that I can basically like shadow him in the future. I mean, it was so stupid in hindsight, but I convinced him to let me do that. And I, I know he thought I would never show up again, but I did, of course, like in full hair and makeup, it was just priceless. And he's like, and then I was there and then I noticed that he didn't speak Spanish and all the guys in the kitchen spoke Spanish and there were no girls. And I was like, okay. And they had soufflés on the menu. So I made it my thing because I did speak Spanish and I did know how to do souffle. So I was like, talk about find a hole and fill it here. This is what I need to do. And so then bottom line is, you know, like with anything and with workers, people don't show up. They don't. So I just made sure I was always available. So I ended up with three shifts a week. So I'd get out of school at 2:30 and I go to work 3:30 to 11:30 for a year. And then it was now my senior year, so right before. So I went to cooking school in Normandy, plotted the whole summer how I was going to quit and ruin his life because he never asked me out. And I did. I came back my senior year and I was like, you know, I'm sorry and blah blah blah. It was very dramatic and, you know, very well played in my head and then I said I quit and he's like, "Oh, okay. Would you like to go out to dinner?" And then we were engaged the month after graduation. And then what do you do when you go into the restaurant uh, business with the chef? We or marry a chef. You go into the restaurant business. And so we moved back to Pasadena, got into the restaurant business. I mean, talk about like a I whirlwind. And totally. uh, I mean, because he was running the kitchen. Uh-huh. I was, of course, supposed to be the numbers girl. Very much set my sights on. I'm going to do a million dollars in sales the first year, which I did. But the problem, I had a very small problem, uh, which was that if you spend 1.2 when you're doing 1 million in sales, it does not matter that you hit your goal because you didn't have the right (laughs) goal. So, you know, uh, financials issues are not great for romance, shocker. And after getting pregnant and then like, oh my God, that adding to it. And then I have this horrible skiing accident and my dad is like, you know, why don't we keep getting these offers to partner with the restaurant? Why don't you just do it? And I was like, no, I was talk about not letting something go. I would not let it go till my world just kept falling apart. I mean, finally, then the last straw is this skiing thing. And so finally I just surrendered and I, I was devastated because here I am like my marriage is coming to an end. I'm, I feel like the biggest failure in the world, even though it was a decision, I still talk about grieving and then I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I just was like, my dad's like, you love the event, just do that. So I started the Party Goddess. And it's hilarious that I they called it the Party Goddess because it was such a low, low, low time in my life that I was anything but a goddess, let alone of, of parties. And, <laughs> but I just jumped in and was like, I'm going to make this work. But, you know, wherever you go, that's where you are. And I had not... Nailed the piece of goals like sales with profit, which a lot of people will, you know, are creative listening to this. It will make sense. You know, you go into the restaurant business or going into the catering business because you love food or you want to make people happy. You don't go into it to like do your numbers, right? So sure enough, I found myself in a very similar situation as I had been before. And, and I was saying, oh, I just did this event for Britney Spears and I'm doing this. And my, I remember telling my parents and my dad was like, but are you making any money? And that was when I just was like, my God, like, what is wrong with me here? I am in the same spot I was in before. Like, what is wrong with me? And that's when I decided that like I needed to solve my own problems and I was just not going to do this again. And that's when I came up with my whole little system that I ended up writing a book, but are you making any money? But really it was to solve my own problems. And it really came out of a very, 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 very low point mm. in life mm-hmm. that has given me so much. Yeah.
1: I so appreciate the way that you're sharing. I and you're you're such a storyteller. Like I'm actually I'm very entertained. So I hope everyone else is like loving and I hope and laughing. everybody else is too. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's really great. No, I can imagine. I can imagine they are. And and your life sounds like a movie by the way. So if 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 farming doesn't work out, you should probably yeah. consider film next. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Something like, um, like, a, what was it? Green acres or whatever, which you're too young to, to know, but like Google green acres and it, it's it, yeah. Taking a note
1: now green acres and, and, but I do really love, um, so you learned a business lesson about the goal of making more money than you're spending. And it doesn't matter how it looks on the outside is so mm-hmm. important because, you know, I love all the people and, and a lot of us are putting up a front about how well our business may, might, it might be doing right. Yeah. Just for it to look like it's doing well. And so thank you for your authenticity with that. So, so special.
0: You're welcome. But it's, it's just to underscore that. Yeah. It's almost like, I'm not going to say everybody's doing it. Cause obviously they're not, but right. there seems to be such a premium with, having this fabulous everything. And I just want to like say again, I have billionaire clients, I have clients every which way to Sunday. And everybody has a bucket of stuff that they don't want that shows up, yes. that's recurring, that nobody does have it all. They might yes. have sure a great figure, but then you don't know they've got a brother in rehab that's tearing them it's tearing yes. them up or they might have a you know substance abuse thing, or they might Everybody, yes. every single person I have not met one Yes, something. And we, we have to be a little bit kinder to ourselves in terms of playing the comparison game. And so I'm, I'm tired again on my soapbox, but
1: no, no, it's a wonderful soapbox. It's, I'm so grateful for it because, um, this I had this awareness. I was in LA and I was going to networking events, and I, it's intimidating. You know, you're in the room. It's, I used to call it the Shark Tank. Like, did, didn't matter which event or who was hosting or where it was, right. I felt like I was in a Shark Tank. And because yeah. everybody's got that front, and and if if I stood and got to meet anybody for more more than ten minutes, you know, because right. the, it's there's ten minutes of at least ten minutes of barrier. If you go get coffee right. with someone then you start to find out a little bit more. And the more I did that, the more I did realize, oh, like, this is another human. There's nothing to be scared of. And and so I could walk into rooms with really big names and not be so intimidated. I could stand, stand and make eye contact, or I can raise my hand for something. And it just made a huge difference and compassion, right? Like you said, be kinder to yourself, but also being kinder to like, we look at that person and we do think we might feel jealousy when really like they might not even have much of a life to be jealous of. Right. Because oh. there's so much behind the scenes. It, and so
0: they're behind literally what you see. It's just unbelievable. And I, and I tell my kids that too. And I just say like, be nice or smile or say good morning or like, but she's such a, you know, she's a brat. She blah. blah, blah. And I was like, you have no idea what goes on at home. None yeah. Like, yeah. just still trying. It's hard to teach kids that, but I realized, you know, it's hard to remind myself that sometimes. Yes. Or you yes. just have to go. I know they are so obnoxious, but. Yeah. Try
1: it's it's, it's actually a great lesson. Is the more they bother you, the more you should meet them, right? Like that's probably your most direct invitation from God and universe. That that's the person you need to know more about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yes. Now tell us about your book. So you, what years are we in? What year? Where did you write your book?
0: Probably eight years ago, and if we Google okay. it, probably you know, yeah, close, but. So I was at a point where I had, you know, again, on the outside success. And I don't want to say that I didn't have success. In, of course, of course. I did, but yeah, there, the, these markers of like, you know, building your business and having it continue to improve and then mm-hmm. building it so that you don't have to be as involved and so that, you know, par- portions of it are replicatable, all those things... I was always just so overwhelmed being an entrepreneur. Even though I understood how to read a profit and loss statement, for me, the challenge was having to wear all the hats at the same time and, oh, fix the fax machine if it didn't have, you know, one on the fritz and, oh, fill out your stuff for your tax paperwork. And it was just like, there's no way. I was just totally. always overwhelmed. And so I really had no choice. I mean, it was. I needed to sort it out. And, but it's also a problem when supposedly you are this great, you know, or at least decent business mind from a, one of the top business schools. You can't like fly your flag and be like, yeah, I'm gonna start again. Like, you have, if I had to figure it out, I kind of had to do it on the down low. So I did, and I realized that this time I'm not gonna listen to what the accountants and like how they do stuff and everything. I'm gonna just build my own little system. Literally with buckets, like, and I call all the buckets like four buckets worth of expenses that made sense to me. And And it basically, the book is is basically an expansion of cost of goods sold, you know, which is like what are the direct costs to produce your product or service, and and then I put my spin on it, which is time, which none of us, in my opinion, do a great job, expenses that made sense to me. And it, and it basically, the book is, is basically an expansion of cost of goods sold, you know, which is like, what are the direct costs to produce your product or service? And, and then I put my spin on it, which is time, which none of us, in my opinion, do a great job at it. And then when I did come up with the system and then, you know, people ask you about it or whatever, and then, you know, you end up putting in a book form, then you really have to be organized, but. I realized that this thing that I hated that I was like allergic to, you know, my numbers or looking at my books, yes. I realized I didn't hate it anymore. I actually kind of like now if you ask me like I love numbers. Like I love numbers. I love talking about numbers. I love, "Ooh, how could you make have a better margin? How could you?" And it's so ironic cuz it was so scary to me. I mean, I absolutely just to put this in perspective for anybody that's listening would be the girl who'd be like no like like just total I don't want to do it I don't want to look at it I it's horrible I'm embarrassed like all those things but it is interesting when you face your your biggest fear your dragons and you just go I am done with you they do just kind of go oh it's like poof like that's all they needed to hear and now, as I say, like, I love it. And I love reading and contributing on the topic. And I'm not embarrassed anymore about it. Because so I used to be so
1: embarrassed. Yeah, the embarrassment can really stop us from making the progress. Yeah. And I so appreciate what you're offering. And I really appreciate you offering it, particularly in the financial conversation, because uh, how powerful. And we have um, on the Hearts Leash podcast, we've got the Money Mindset series where I share, I have like a very similar story. I, it's all inside of hearts unleashed, but like including school debt and, and consumer debt and just, you know, because my young adult twenties, like the debt I incurred and then business debt is where I was like overwhelmed and incredibly embarrassed to face my money. And so I found this amazing bookkeeper and she helped me with that, but I love that you share that. And I'm sure that the book will really inspire some people to take a new look at their stuff. Well, the
0: point, the kind of the message of it and the message of when I do these podcasts and stuff is, you know, listen, somebody out there knows that they're lazy and they, you know, we're snorting cocaine and, and, you know, lost their house. That's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about people who like, you're in your twenties, you get, how in God's green land are you supposed to know that, you, you know, college debt is going to do this and you, you can't. And, right, right. and so but then there is a point where you have to just say, okay, enough with the pity party, meaning not so much that you're not gonna feel that, but like, I, I'm going to figure this out and I am not a child molester. I have not killed anybody. I am trying to rectify my mistakes. And it is hard. I'm not gonna say it's not hard. And especially I think when you first decide with the money stuff or really anything it's like it's like going on a diet and then all of a sudden you know your favorite chocolate seems to just be everywhere it's like you just seem to have like more things hitting you on the head like idiot like how could you make that mistake or you finally face your credit card debt and you realize ooh you forgot you had another card or oh you forgot you had another this or the interest yes. rate on that was and you just you feel so yucky and horrible inside and I just want to say for whenever person that listens to this, that hears it is at that point where they like, literally because you can't stand yourself inside. You're just like, how yes. could I have done this? Yes. And you just have to push through it. To me, that's the point when you're almost there. It's like giving birth. You're like so close. Don't give up and just keep going and just be like, okay, fine. Yep. I effed it up, but I'm not going to do it. Or, I'm, I'm going to keep improving. I can't say I'm not going to do it again. I still make d- very dumb mistakes. And I'm like, I cannot freaking believe I, but we're not perfect, right? It's yeah. just not going to, it's not going to be a, a 100% yeah. fabulous
1: journey. Yeah. So. Especially when we have some of those uh, very default patterns. They're almost these unconscious patterns. So we have to become very conscious and it takes, it's constant responsibility and watching. And so <laughs> yes to that. And, and I'll say for myself, when I did decide to look at my money, it's still like, it took a year just to get my feet on the ground and, and understand mm-hmm. what I was looking at and be able to mm-hmm. be willing to face it all. And then it took three more years to get, get it all done and, and, and sort it out and paid off. Right. And, and now I'm more empowered than ever. My, my company's making profit every year. Like it's so exciting. And it took, it is not an overnight process. And so you do this with the, the profit goddess. You right. help business and entrepreneurs. So tell us a little bit about that, uh, that venture and that process. Sure. Well, like, like a lot
0: of things in my life, I fell into
1: it. And it
0: was one of those things where I, you know I, I, the topic of the book came up because of dinner with my parents, but there was an industry convention. And I remember that you would get a free ticket to the, and it was an expensive ticket if you taught a class. So I like, applied to teach a class. And I was like, awesome! I'm going to teach this one-hour class, and then check the box. I'm going to go drink and have fun, and look, I got this whole conference for free. And so I did that. And I taught the class, and I was and I was as upfront as I am with you. I mean, said, oh, and then I made that like, like what an idiot, which was really amazing considering I was in a group of my peers. Granted, it was an international audience, so that kind of helped because I think if it was only LA people, I probably wouldn't have been as honest. But I felt like you know there's so many people I didn't know, and then more people kept coming to the class. It was like standing room only. And then they started asking questions. And it was like, now it's going on an hour and a half instead of an hour and on and on. And I was like, did you guys, like, did all of you come in late? Like, did you hear the part? Like, I'll answer the question, but did you hear the part that I am the the business train wreck? Like, I want to just be, I want to (laughs) underscore that, like that you do know who you're asking the question of. And they were like, and this one woman, like raised her hand and said, Yes, but you're the only one who's answering our questions. Mm. And it was about pricing and I was like, what do you mean? Yes. I'm the only one answering your questions. And yes. she just was like we just we don't have anybody else to ask. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, that's so yeah. messed up on so many levels that Yeah. But I just was like, okay as long as you understand, again, who you're talking to, but I'll give you my, yeah, I'll give you my best shot. Well, then, you know, I wrote the book and, and then what would happen was people would be like, can you help me? And good or bad, they would see themselves in my story. And my story was very much, um, you know, people would raise their hands in the class or we'd do hot seats and stuff. And they'd be like, oh my God, well, I have like this credit card debt, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, do you mind sharing? Like, how much is it? You know? And they'd be like, you know, 20 grand or whatever. And I'd be like, talk to me when it's like 2 million bucks. Now I'm interested, right? Like right now you're 20,000 next. Like I, we can figure that out by Friday if we had to. And, <laughs> and I think they thought I was joking, but I was like, no, 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 no. When the bank is calling you every day and then they're just calling back in the afternoon, now you have my attention. Otherwise you're not, you are not a hot mess. A hot mess. That was me. You it's, but it's just amazing how badly they feel. And so I think there's this component of like, like if you're an Alcoholics Anonymous or something, you know, you have a sponsor who's been there and there's that line, like you can't con a con. Well, yeah. for me, I feel that way when I coach people, I'm very upfront and I'll say, you know what? I don't think you are really tracking your time accurately. No, I don't think you're really. And so people I work with, we will get results. But I, I don't really sugarcoat it. However, the same time they know they don't have to be embarrassed. They, I'm sure, is sh- not going to sh- excuse me. Sure as heck, not going to show any judgment to them because I've done it plus worse. So it's kind of like confessing to somebody who's already like been strung out on everything under the sun. That you're like, okay, well, and I think that's probably why I resonate, and then probably why we get results quickly because the barriers are broken. Like they're already, by the time totally. they come to me, they've done their kind of like late night homework and yeah. kind have of figured out, okay, this girl is really enough. Like, it'll be good, you know? And I don't want, I do not want one person to go to bed crying at night. Like I did so many times, so frustrated, like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? Like, what is wrong with me? Or, you know, being with somebody who is like, well, how could you not have made more on that event? Or like, you worked so hard, you know, and like, I don't know. It's not like I tried to be an idiot, but you just keep at that. And so like you, you mentioned before about the mindset and those, those defaults, I mean, those grooves in our brain get really deep and hardwired and you have to like lift yourself out and just keep saying, okay, that yes, I did that before, but I am choosing like, hi, I'm happy. We're walking, we're walking. And (laughs) almost like you keep smiling till, cause you are about to cry. Yeah. But but that's why I think I I work well with people. So, you know, work with them and we figure out what, what it is they want. They always come to me, by the way, full disclosure, saying they need help with their pricing and they need more customers. And I don't think one of them ever have I said, you need more customers. What I have said in fact is you probably need less customers because, you don't know how much you're making on the current customers you have. So your hole is just getting dug a lot faster if you can have a hole passively dug. Yes. But anyway.
1: Yes. So brilliant. And um, I wanted to ask about the, like, what have you had to give up? You were talking about digging yourself out, healing. What have you had to give up in order to step into this role and this life that you now have?
0: Well, A, you have to give up uh, very much like maintaining it's not the most eloquent way to say it but you give up having the shot of people thinking you're all that right see before at least there were some people i was fooling right and so you can feel like you walk into a room and you're not naked like you you can feel like okay not everybody knows that the emperor has no clothes here and when you do it my way i'm already saying here are all my faults if you're still interested in chatting, like I'm interested too. And some people, you know, yeah. will proverbially leave the room. Yeah. But so you, you do give up on a certain percentage who just would never have found out and they might think a lot better of you. Uh, I think what you gain though, is that I don't, I'm much less stressed out because I don't, I'm not worried that, oh my gosh, I'm going to get, you know, discovered or outed. It's like, well, I out myself all day every day. Like, yeah, whoops, forgot to pick up my kids at school. That was not great. (laughs) I am lousy, you know? So you give that up. I think you have to give up the idea that it even will be perfect. I mean, I believe in God. Mm. So to me, it's like, it will be perfect in heaven, but how it's designed, how I believe it is that it's the contrast. You know, Mm. one of the things you talked about in your podcast was knowing, you know, the contrast and the difference will this is not heaven. It is mm-hmm. It is very clearly not. <laughs> Therefore, we can make the best of it, but that, that's not for now. We're not going to be in a problem, problem-free problem situation. And I think there is a little bit, it's a little bit scary sometimes to say, you know what, I am going to give up the facade and also the reality because mm-hmm. part of us in there, there's like a pipe dream that, well, maybe it will be like perfect. Well, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. hmm And you just keep doing, you just got to keep showing up, but it's like that Woody Allen quote about, you know, showing up is 90% of it or 80% of it or something. Mm -hmm. And and I really do think it's true. It's just freaking showing up when you do not want to, because so many days have I shown up where I'm like, I cannot do this.
1: Yes, I would definitely say showing up is like my number one piece of advice. It's something I write about frequently. And and it's making me wonder, you know, particularly anybody who's listening and really resonating with your story and what you're sharing. What would you love to say? Like, as we start to kind of wrap up, maybe I'm asking for advice or tips, but what do you want to tell our listeners who are where you're? Where... Well, I would tell people that
0: one of my favorite quotes is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I love that one. You know, maybe you're ready now, meaning you, the people who are listening, and the teacher is appearing. Or maybe you're the teacher is pre-appearing and you're not quite ready, but you're like, oh, I'm going to bookmark that for later. But okay, cool. At least I know there's a resource out there. And what I want to do is just encourage people that you can do it and you can change even the worst, most destructive behaviors, if you believe you can, and if you have very clear goals and set your mind to it, I'm not saying the path is gonna go exactly as you set the goal, but that you can make amazing changes and you can turn just about anything around, but you have to decide to do it and you have to realize it is going to take work. There is no silver bullet. And it's going to take work, but don't forget that there's joy in the work. It isn't like, oh my gosh, there's no happiness until you accomplish the goal. No, like you were saying, I'm sure as you were paying off debt or as you were, you know, had your little milestones and then big milestones, the little ones probably felt as good. we were like, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) You know, so I would just say to people surround yourself, you know, we're like the five most people we spend our time with. So if you decide to make a change better look around at who those five people are that you're with, because this is the time when you need the five most supportive people who are going to encourage, whether it's money or eating or whatever, your good habits and who are going to prop you up and who are going to say, you've
1: got this,
0: just Mm -hmm. keep going. Cause you got to just keep going.
1: (laughs) I so appreciate that. And everything you said resonates with me and so i would love you know listeners i i hope this is getting you excited and honestly this has been such a delight marley yes, <laughs> you're so fun you. to it's chat with
0: well a, it's a, it's a delight for me too because like i don't want to cry but you when people say like you know why do you do this well it isn't like this is where i make a billion dollars right but you just go because if somebody is not going to be and i'm like feeling stupid or going to sleep you're crying trying to figure it out you don't ever know, maybe, but you've really accomplished something like that's amazing to spare somebody pain based on your pain. Yeah. So that at the end of the day, I can't, I, I don't think I've ever cried. on. A, I, I know I have never cried on a podcast or an <laughs> interview in my life. So there you go. Um, but that is what it's all about. And so that's why I'm emphatic about it. I'm sure why you do the podcast mm-hmm. and you just have to believe that, you know, you and I are sitting here looking at each other on our screen, and we don't get to see the other people in their cars or wherever they are. You just have to imagine yes. and do it—the imagination of the people out there going, "Please yeah. let this land, you know, on the shoulder of somebody who needs it."
1: Yes, thank you so much, and for that passion, that drive, we have it here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, and. It's wonderful. Um, I will tell you to hear back from some listeners and I watch our statistics go up and I know people are tuning in and I know they come back every week and every yeah. episode. And, and it's because of this, it's because of the heart and the unleashed heart and the passion for them to get to their, live their heart unleashed. And that's why I love to ask the depth of questions because we want to know, we want to know how to succeed. And I know that we are coachable. We're so, we want to have that guidance. And so thank you for sharing your unleashed heart with us today.
0: Welcome. Thank you for having it unleashed, except for my
1: my tears, which we're not planning to be unleashed. But it's all good. So we got your first tears. We got the, the we got the oh. scoop on the farm. I'm you know so what? excited. This then is an exclusive the, this is like a TMZ <laughs> moment right here. You're, you're, you, got, you got a freaking all man. Okay. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> thank awesome. you, Marley and you hearts them. listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the hearts Unleashed podcast. I hope that this was perfect for you. I hope it was just like a refreshing and revitalizing episode for you to continue on your journey as you continue to to unleash your heart. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com.
1: See you next time, hearts.